Welcome to the world of Rex. I am Marvel A. Rex, and this is my world. It is also your world. In this podcast, we will discuss any and every topic imaginable, from socioeconomic political theory and philosophy to gender clowning to the occult sciences, y'all. It's going to be a wild ride. Strap in. Marvel A. Rex. Well, I am a true Renaissance person. I do a little bit of everything. I am an artist, first and foremost, an actor, a writer, director, producer, philosopher, and yes, a cult practitioner. I am an astrologer of over 15 years. I am a student of the I Ching, and I am experimenting with my human design. And on that note, I deeply hope you enjoy this podcast. Welcome to the world of Rex. Woohoohoo! Welcome to the premiere of the world of Rex. Oh my god, where do we begin? Where do we even begin? I am delighted to be here. It is going to be an amazing journey with y'all. It's going to be more and more collaborative as we go episode to episode, so just get ready for that. More folks are going to show up. It's not just going to be me. Although, you know what? I'm I'm a pretty fun guy. Before we begin, please remember to like, share, subscribe to this podcast. It helps in the algorithms, helps us move forward into the new age where things are a little bit more integrated. Occult practices are no longer occult because they are no longer obscure. So please share this with your friends, tell them about it. This is a great way to start your Monday off right. I know that the premiere is happening on a Wednesday, but most of the time you are going to be receiving this weekly on Monday mornings. This gives you the vibe check of the week and allows you to start off right, integrating a little bit of metaphysical wisdom into your week ahead, and thusly, hopefully, feel prepared for whatever comes your way. Again, like, share, subscribe. If you do want to get a reading with me, because I do one-on-one uh, astrological sessions, astrological coaching as well, please feel free to reach out to me at marvelarex.com. There is a submission form at the bottom of the page. I read each and every single email that comes in and would love to connect with you for an astrological consultation. So holler at your boy. So I'm going to talk a little bit about why I'm doing this, what I'm interested in, who I am, because some of you do have an idea of who I am. Some of you may even believe that you know me. Some of you may indeed know me. Um, What I am interested in in so, so many ways is how we come to know things. So ways of knowing. Ways of knowing is something that I'm going to be talking about a lot. And when I say ways of knowing, I mean how we categorize everything and how we subjectively and perhaps, oof, can we go to objectively experience the world? So, of course, we'll be talking about societal structures, right? Because those are agreed upon ways of knowing currently, and they are always changing and always transmuting, which is exciting and scary all at the same time. And ways of knowing about ourselves. So these are ways of knowing just encapsulates what I'm incredibly interested in. Now, the way that I approach ways of knowing is I like to depart. I like to take a departure 
from what is collectively accepted. And I've been that way since I was a child. And that's where we're going to go. That's where we're going to start. So I was born in Salt Lake City, Utah in the early 90s in a mostly predominantly Mormon part of the world. It is the Mormon Mecca of the United States. The Mormons, the LDS folks, traveled from uh, upstate New York, which I ironically also lived in, to Salt Lake City, Utah. And that's where they, uh, you know, killed a bunch of Native Americans and uh, settled down, as is a common story in the United States. So I was raised there in the 90s. My parents are not Mormon. I am not LDS. And that is part of the strangeness of my upbringing and the strangeness with which I approach my life now. Um, I was basically in a bubble within a bubble. There was a Mormon bubble. And then I was in a Jewish bubble. (laughs) I went to a Jewish community center for a couple years in my early, early, early age. So preschool. And then Went to Denmark for a stint, came back to Denmark, came back from Denmark to the United States pretty quickly, and went immediately into Catholic school back to Salt Lake City, Utah. So I have spent the first 18 years of my life in Salt Lake City uh, in a Jewish community center and then a Catholic school within the Mormon Mecca of the United States. Now, interestingly, I am uh, a crypto Jew, so we'll talk a lot about that. There'll be an entire episode dedicated to. Uh, the converses, the Spanish Jews that were converted to Catholicism at the expulsion of the Jews of Spain. Um, and yeah, that's a whole, it's a deeper part of, part of my lineage. Uh, but yeah, raised Catholic predominantly, and I'm still recovering from that. Uh, I grew up listening to Sonic Youth. <laughs> uh, they have a great song called I've Got a Catholic Block for all of those who of you who know. Um, deeply, deeply a part of my of my uh, trauma, but also I'm really grateful for everything that I experienced going to private Catholic school, uh, because all of that tension and all of that challenge really, uh, pushed me to, although a lot of parts of me shut down, but it pushed me to become, um, more self-actualized in the long run. So I'm very grateful for all of the challenge in my early years. Now I grew up, um, again, Utah is a very, very specific place. Salt Lake City is a very, very specific kind of one of a kind city uh, because of the predominantly LDS effect on the city. There's a lot of like specific laws around alcohol percentage and, uh, you know, Sunday, everything is shut down. My mother moved there in the late 80s from Barcelona, Spain, and I'm first generation American on her side. And she, you know, Spaniards drink coffee like they have, you know, it's like if they could have an IV of, of coffee, they'd be, you know, hooked up to the machine. Um, and she moved to Salt Lake City, Utah, where there was no coffee shops at the time because Mormons don't drink uh, caffeine. They don't consume caffeine, at least um, publicly. So <laughs> all that to say is that I was raised in a cultural vacuum where I ideas around identity. Again, this is the 90s and the early 2000s. Ideas around identity and subjectivity were really limited when it came to gender and sexuality, right? So I was raised in a part of the of America, very similar to many, many parts of the United States at this time. In, in let's say, let's give it a time, an actual date, uh, 2007, which is when I was uh, in high school. Uh, and ideas around who you could be and who you could not be were very, of course, limited to male and female, man and woman, boy and girl. Now, 
from a young age, from the age of about 10 or 11, pre, pre-puberty, I already had a very deep sense of knowing that was disconcerting. And the, the sense of knowing that I had was that subjectivity and identity were much more vast and expansive than the categorizations that were being placed around me. So I kind of, you know, by the time I was 10 or 11, I actually had a few panic attacks because I was like, I remember, uh, this is classic, Someone, some of you will laugh, a lot of the, the, the trans filmmakers will laugh here, uh, with the idea of trans people looking at themselves in mirrors, which is a classic trope around queerness in general. It's this iconic image of a person staring at themselves in the mirror. But I had panic attacks as early as 10 or 11 years old, staring at myself in the mirror, not because of not because of a dissociation between what I looked like and what I thought I was, but rather I remember having these moments private, these private moments with me and myself, a reflection of myself, and knowing deeply, profoundly that perhaps I may have been crazy. Maybe I was schizophrenic because the world around me did not reflect the intuitive awareness that I had inside internally that things were far more expansive, things were far more liberating and free in terms of self-expression, self-identification, collective categorization, collective identification. And I was looking around me in Salt Lake City, Utah in the 90s and 2000s where there was no no word non-binary as a word didn't exist. Transgender certainly wasn't in the common vernacular. But also notions of um, there wasn't we weren't quite yet at that point where everyone was creating an avatar of themselves on the internet. So I'm I'm moving beyond gender in a way, and I'm just talking about self recreation, self creation, um, this sort of like digitized mediated avatar space where everyone is is basically their own celebrity. This was still pre that. You know, I I was I'm old enough that I had a Razer cell phone uh by the time I was 17 which felt like amazing and super cool and was like this incredible piece of technology. Um I never had a BlackBerry but I also thought Blackberries were super cool. <laughs> so again, it, it just to, to kind of encapsulate my experience growing up, there was obviously a lot of isolation. I experienced a lot of, I internalized a lot and I hid a lot and I barely physically survived high school in Salt Lake City, Utah. You know, I barely made it out alive. I mean that in a very literal sense um, because so much of my expansive understandings of the world and of the intuitive, intuitive understanding of how big we can be and how and how much of a multiplicity each one of us can actually be that was not being reflected to me now i love that it wasn't being reflected to me at the time because it forced it this is very saturnian what i'm about to say and what i mean by saturnian is is in astrology saturn is sort of this authoritarian energy that forces you to change and forces you to prove yourself essentially forces you to um through through very strict and steady pressure it says well what are you going to do with this what are you going to work towards what is the world you are working towards if if this is not satisfying to you what is the world you are working towards so this podcast in in so many ways is in uh very specifically in the audio format a way for me to 
express my understanding of the world and work towards the world that I desire and work towards the world that I think many of us desire, especially at this juncture in 2022. It's so, so intense right now. We've just gone through two years of completely world-altering experiences, and the world is going to continue to change. Um, there is definitely, we are looking forward through my um, occult studies, my astrological studies, we are looking forward to another year. This is 2022 is pro a promised year of acceleration and some very bumpy moments. So we're moving forward ahead. We're We're going. <laughs> And what is the world that we are creating for? That is the medicine to me of Saturn and the medicine of uh, when you feel like you are a victim to your world. And I certainly felt as a young person like I was a victim to my circumstances, especially as a teenager. I was like, why the hell did I incarnate in Salt Lake City, Utah as such a like a gender terrorist? Uh, <laughs> I'm a, I mean, I'm, I'm a, a gorilla ontologist. And what I mean by gorilla ontologist, uh, sorry to put out a triggering word like ontology for the non-academic folks. But as a gorilla ontologist, what I mean by that is that I, I really deeply, profoundly question every form of categorization from even the most nuanced forms of categorization. I'm critical of the word transgender. I'm critical of the word cisgender. I'm critical of a lot of words and their psychic ramifications. So I'm going to say things in this podcast that are just going to piss everybody off from the far right to the far left. And you know what? I think I'm going to have fun doing it. I actually know I'll have fun doing it. Um, <laughs> I have a Mars-Venus conjunction in my eighth house, so for anyone who knows what that means, I love to provoke. Uh, I think that it, it good art should be troubling, right? So that's, that's what I am. I'm an artist. Um, fast forward from Salt Lake City, Utah, to now, here I am in 2022, living in Los Angeles, which is definitely a cultural uh, production mecca in the U.S. Um, I am here as an artist. I moved here in... Uh, 2018 to be an art star. I was very convinced that I wanted to be a star in the art world. Uh, and now I look at the art world with much different eyes. Um, and, uh, and also very excited about NFTs and, and the way that the art world is going to be really shift, shifting when we have these digital signatures to work with. But anyway, came here looking to be an art star and then found myself a couple years later, especially like pre and post pandemic, really interested in um, moving towards moving my performance art into a uh, silver screen sort of a space um, just for the sustainability of it, but also because I really thrive um, on set and I really thrive as an actor. I love acting. Uh, to take it back to Salt Lake City for a minute, I was so heavily performative as a young person and I was performing mostly to, so that I could hide in plain sight. A lot of folks who do not fit in or who understand themselves inherently as other, as capital O, other, in a situation, will often do an externalizing thing, which is performing, um, to be uh, palatable and to sort of be a chameleon and to hide. And so I've been acting since, you know, when people ask, like, what's your resume? Like, how long have you been acting or performing? I can very confidently say my whole life. Um <laughs> my whole life. Um, and luckily now, the beauty of living in Los Angeles and moving here with the idea of becoming an, an art star and actually falling into acting and performing, directing and producing, I recognize that I can now funnel all of that 
neuro I have so many I have such strong neurological pathways in my brain around performative performativity and performing whatever the person in front of me wants most and luckily now I can monetize that <laughs> through acting but not only monetize it I actually can compartmentalize it and be like that's now my job it's not something I have to do 24/7 because I no longer have to hide in plain sight. I get to be myself. And so much of this podcast as well is me just letting you know who I am, um, being open and honest and raw and working through really tough ideas around ways of knowing that may be uncomfortable for the audience, may be uncomfortable for you, but it's something that I'm working through in real time in a vulnerable way. I don't have all the answers. I am a voice in your head right now, uh, in your earphones right now, but I do not have all the answers. And I will very likely be wrong, and I will sometimes be, you know, a genius. I love, being, you know, love that side of it. And so on that note, since I've given you a little disclaimer, a little uh, trigger warning, and explained a little bit about who I am, my uh, spiritually overwhelmed, uh, religiously overwhelmed young self, young kid from Utah, Salt Lake City, Utah, coming at you. I now I'm going to shift to the energies of 2022. And the more I work with clients this year, it's already a couple months into the year, the more I realize that this message is super, super important and very relevant. So I'm really excited to dive in and I hope you enjoy. Okay. So, so much about how I want to approach this weekly podcast is around my occult studies. And the reason... I'm using just the pair, like I'm using an umbrella term, occult studies. The reason I'm using that term is that it encapsulates my practice, which is one that is very metaphysical, one that is definitely influenced by political events, by on the ground events, by philosophy, by history. Um, it is not in a vacuum that I approach the occult sciences. It is not in a, in a vacuum that I approach astrology. Um, I look at all of the spiritual and metaphysical practices that I study as uh, in deep conversation with current events, with historical events. And uh, it is the way that I have found to be a little bit transgressive, but also it's the way that I understand human interaction. It's the way that I understand uh, the forces at play. And I fundamentally believe that there is so much happening uh, beyond the naked eye in every single human interaction. And I fundamentally also, you know, we are made out of stardust. I just, I have to say that. Uh, kudos to Maggie Nelson for putting that in a book. We are made out of stardust. So, you know, why wouldn't the gravitational effect of planets uh, affect us? We know that the moon and the tides are affected. The, the, the moon affects the tides. We know that the moon affects humans. And there's constant debate around, you know, there's so much poo-pooing of the occult sciences. Uh, there's so much like, oh, pseudoscience, wee, 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 wee. Uh, again, I am moving at a lightning pace towards the world that I desire and the world that I know to be true. And one thing I do absolutely know is that the scientific method in and of itself, in a vacuum, does not even come close to describing the immense mystery of our existence phenomenologically every single day that god is present i'm using the word god very very intentionally here that god is present and that so much magic happens every single moment even in moments of crisis what occult sciences have afforded for me and the beauty that they have brought into my life is that when i look at 
astrology when I really and I've done 15 years of astrology. I've done 15 years of tarot. I've done uh, 10 years of human design. Um, I have done 10 years of the I Ching. I have gone really deep into some of them ancient, ancient technological um, systems of knowing. And when I've gone into these spaces and really understood the deeper lessons behind all the granular information, I've understood that everything is happening in cycles. Cycles are super important. In a moment like 2022, understanding that cycles are a thing, which capitalism, by the way, does not like you to think in cycles, because cycles are, the idea of thinking in cycles is actually quite um, empowering. Because what it does is it pulls you out of a nihilistic day-to-day depression. If you understand that cycles are happening around you, you know that there is a beginning and an end to the cycle. And therefore, there are you can be present in the themes in that current cycle. You can just be present with those themes and know that they will not be, you know, as 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 you know long as the day goes. You know, they won't be happening forever. You won't be caught and stuck forever. Emotions, feelings, right? These ideas, they, they are these experiences in our body, right? A feeling that, that then becomes an emotion. These, they happen in cycles. We are not happy forever and ever and ever and ever. We are not depressed forever and ever and ever and ever. We have undulating cycles. Human design, the human design system, which is a contemporary uh, technology, talks about each and every single one of us having a very specific emotional wave. Or an emotional wave that is contingent on another person's aura, right? So you may actually not have your own emotional wave, but you are deeply impacted by those who have strong emotional waves. And the more you get to understand your emotional wave, the more you understand what your ups and downs actually just like biochemically look like, what they what they look like, what they uh, the texture of your specific emotional wave and how that can be affected by the aura of another human being, right? These are ideas that, they give words and vernacular to that you intuitively know. You intuitively know that when you step into a room with somebody who's having a really bad day, you could be deeply affected or you will be deeply affected or at least slightly affected by their bad mood. That's just a that's just an intuitive knowing that we all acknowledge. And the beauty of occult sciences for me as someone who loves language and someone who loves to be empowered through language and the psychic ramifications of language I like to know all this stuff. I I mean, I have an Aquarius stellium. I like to know everything. (laughs) It's all very curious to me. Now, the world I'm working towards and desiring towards is one where astrology is integrated into the eclective in a way that it used to be um, historically. And where not only astrology, but human design, the I Ching, systems of meditation and systems of of, um, self-centering and grounding and self-awareness are integrated into society. That will actually shift. If, if we are introducing the occult sciences into our collective, that will actually shift identity politics. It will shift identification and subjectivity. In, I, I, want, I, want to, I want you to suspend, if you can, this is an impossible ask, what I'm about to say, but I want you to suspend everything you know about how we categorize ourselves and each other for just a moment. Now, that's an impossible ask. It, it would literally, like, I'd have to take your brain out of your head and, like, reboot it, right? <laughs> Which, you know, um, none of you necessarily want me to do that. But take a step back for a moment and just imagine 
another way of knowing. Now, I'm thinking a lot about different cultures in the world and how they understand gender. If you look at gender through the lens of, let's say, uh, tribes in Ghana, Burkina Faso, the Ivory Coast, there's a lot of different, just as an example of one part of the world, they did not depend, gender did not depend on sexual anatomy. It was energetic. Um, they determined that people either physically, they that someone who is physically male, quote unquote, can vibrate female energy and thus is considered female. And this is where the real gender is. The Igbo of Nigeria appear to assign gender around the age of five, right? So I'm just using these little examples for us to think about how ways of knowing have not only obviously like social ramifications, but there's a deeper thing that I find so interesting, which is just like the psychic ramifications, the psychological ramifications for the person that is in the society and how this is in direct contrast to like what we're dealing with in the West and what we chose as we, as we incarnated in the West, you know, especially when I think back to my childhood in the nineties and the two thousands as a person who now is considered quote unquote transgender, I, you know, I had one choice. I actually didn't have a choice. There was no choice, right? I was my mother's princess, and that was that was it. Love you, Mom. This is part of what I'm opening up. This is what I think that I actually know for sure that occult sciences, astrology, um, human design, they look at human differentiation, like individual subjective in differentiation, which means your identity in relationship to my identity as unique, entirely unique still integrated within a whole, and we're going to talk about glissant and people who really understand the singular within the plural and how to be an individual within a collective. This is very important to me. This idea is very important to me. But these technologies, these occult technologies, actually integrate, like, look, you can, you are all these unique, specific things. It has nothing to do with your genitals. It doesn't necessarily have anything to do with how you are categorized class-wise, how much, you know, how you are categorized optically, like your beauty or your quote-unquote lack of beauty, um, your the color of your skin, the language you speak, the accent that you have, all of these things are not the primary mode of identification building, how you build your identity. And I think that there's a possibility here, again, I'm really pushing into the future, where we are less concerned with the five senses. We are less concerned with what the scientific method deems as the most important thing, right? Which is the optics, which is how you can categorize someone by looking at them with really strict categories. And I actually want to be really clear here. When I say the scientific method, I actually mean capitalism and I mean patriarchy. And I'm going to talk a lot about a post-capitalist desire on this podcast. We're going to really get into that because I think that occult sciences, especially I like systems like astrology and human design, actually are part of a post-capitalist world. Now, imagining into that, imagining into those types of futures can be really mind-boggling and can hurt the brain and can even hurt the heart. But what I'm really talking about when I say moving away from like strictly optic forms of categorization these really like limiting forms of categorization, potentially limiting and, and taken in a vacuum, very limiting forms of, of categorization, those are functioning within capitalism and functioning within systems of power and control and privilege. So I'm looking at what are new systems, what are different systems, how do all the puzzle pieces fall into place? Like I don't have all those answers, but I'm super interested in exploring those and we will definitely explore those along with the weekly energies in this podcast.
And ultimately, I'm here to talk about just an expansive way of knowing and thinking. I'm not saying that one is better than the other. I'm saying that all of these things integrated together are actually probably the most powerful way to move forward, right? So thinking, you know, integrating the science, but also integrating ancient technologies, current technologies, spiritual technologies, and and spiritual ritual is going to empower our entire collective. And we need that more than ever. We need this form of healing. We need synthesis, not disparity, right? Not disconnection. Okay, I'm going to talk about the energies of 2022 for the rest of the year. Here we go. Remember, if you are interested, I do one-on-one readings. I do one-on-one astrological readings with clients. I do coaching through an astrological lens uh, that can be recurring or once or twice a year. I love to connect with each and every one of you. I feel like it's so powerful to be on Zoom Zoom with another person for an hour talking about where they're at, the themes in their life, and uh, how each and every one of us can expand and evolve. And uh, not feel victimized by the energies that are constantly at play every day. So feel free to reach out. My website is marvelarex.com. That is M-A-R-V-A-L-A-R-E-X.com. It is Marvel with an A-L at the end. Yep. So yes, reach me there and I look forward to connecting. All right. On to 2022 energies. Here we go. I'm going to start by saying... (laughs) If you're walking around in public right now listening to this podcast, or if you're just in your house, or if you're just, you know, by yourself, in the bath, wherever you are, I want you to take a moment and just remember something that's very important for 2022. Every single person poops. Everybody poops. Everybody around you, if you're you're in a public place right now, I want you to look at every single person around there and realize that that person is releasing liquids and solids many times a day, throughout the day, every day. Now, why would I start the 2022 vibe check with talking about feces? Well, you know, I am absolutely uh, an antagonist in some ways. (laughs) I like to antagonize. Uh, And also, I find it hilarious that we, well, it's, it's part of capitalism's doing, but we are terrified of our bodies, right? And we are grossed out and disgusted by our bodies in the Western world. Um, and this has a long, long lineage uh, co- corresponding with the invention of the porcelain toilet, which is white, by the way. Um, yeah, let's decolonize this for a moment. Everybody poops. Everybody poops. Everybody pees. People throw up. We oft on accident, sometimes on purpose. Uh, we snivel. We drool. Um, there's a lot of fluids happening all the time. Now, why do I bring this up? Well, the main formatting energy of 2022 involves Taurus and Scorpio. Now, to take it away from the astrology and just kind of keep it a little bit more accessible, these energies have to do with ingesting food and releasing food. Now, to take it it farther and to make it a little bit more of a metaphor, we are, in 2022, the energy is about what we are ingesting information, the information we are taking in, but also what are we nourishing ourselves with this year? What are we actually actively choosing to nourish ourselves with this year? And what are we purging, releasing, releasing? What are we releasing? That's why I bring up fluids and solids, right? Because every day we do this ritual. We have to. It's a biological ritual. We have to release fluids and liquids and solids from our body. Otherwise, we do not live. 
So the formatting energy of 2022 is a lot about what do you specifically nourish yourself with every single day? Are you engaging in in behaviors and rituals that do not nourish you? This is a very important question for 2022. What also, on the flip side, are the things that you know you must release psychically, emotionally, sometimes physically in the form of weight that you must release this year that you cannot take into a very brave new world that we are heading into? In so many ways, 2022 is about simplifying what we take in and, sim- and simplifying through the act of purging, through the act of release. The beauty of 2022 that I love about the energy that I witnessed and, and, and I've studied is if you engage in more nourishing behavior and less self-defeating behavior, the... The, even if you just try it for a year and suspend your disbelief around whether this kind of stuff works, whether like living, living your life as if it's a miracle every day works, if, you're, if you question any sort of occult or metaphysical thing, even just experimenting for an entire year with just better habits, better diet, uh, better emotional boundaries, if you just experiment for a year, the beauty of this energy in 2022 is it's it's a very solidifying energy it's a very long lasting signature which means that whatever we introduce to, into our lives this year that is self-empowering and builds our self-esteem has the opportunity to really land it has the opportunity to really stick with us for many many more years to come the energy in 2021 and in 2020 was a transitional energy and was a very flitty and flitting, flitting, like um, uh, it was a meandering energy. It was kind of here and there and everywhere. It was very dispersed. It was not solidified. 2022 is of a, sig- of a solidifying signature, which is really powerful. So now I will say, because 2022 is such a solidifying energy, Whatever you do this year that you know is not right, that you know is not in your, in your best interest or in other people's best interest, this can be uh, secrets, lies, um, deception, manipulation, gaslighting, addiction. These things that I just mentioned, if you are engaging in them in 2022, inversely, the solidification can really be detrimental for years to come right? So this is the year of really sitting with what you do habitually, what you do ritualistically. We have 18 months to do this, you know? So it's not an impossible task. It's being, this is why I'm doing this at the top of the premiere episode. It's like, let's get really clear about going into the next 18 months with the objective of simplifying our relationship to our own physical body and its physical needs, what we are ingesting, and I do mean that on a very physical level. I also mean it on a deeper spiritual level, what you're ingesting spiritually. So that's like any form of information that you're taking in because it does affect your physical body. You know, we have these statistics from these teenagers who are on Instagram all day long having incredible body dysphoria and face dysphoria and having suicidal thoughts and ideation and depression, right? So being very mindful of what you are ingesting 
and also being really conscious of what you are putting out into the world, what you are releasing into the world. And especially this is going to factor in huge in regards to relationships, right? And I think, you know, I recorded this episode once and I re-recorded it because I did so much client work in January and February with folks and the same theme was so clear and it had directly to do with the energies that I'm speaking to. I was speaking to them without talking to all these clients and then after I spoke to all these clients, I was like, I have to re-record this. I have to go in and just go at it afresh because I had clarity after talking to different people from different backgrounds with totally different details in their lives, totally living in totally different parts of the country, some living in the UK, some living in, in Europe, right, in Puerto Rico, right? So all these different folks kind of bringing in these, in this theme that was so tied in with the energies that I was studying, and it really was around relationships and relating. And as I said earlier, the energy this year is so fixed, what I mean by fixed is that it's very stabilizing. Now, stabilizing to you maybe sounds good. You're like, oh, good, we're going to feel like stability. Well, 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 hold up. Like I said, whatever habits and whatever communication methods and relating relational methods that you choose this year, whatever you do choose this year or unconsciously do not, you know, you decide to not choose, you decide to just kind of keep floating and, and being like a, 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 what is it, gone with the wind, like a little tumbleweed. Those things are going to really solidify this year. So last year in 2021 and even in 2020, there was so much emphasis on like a dream and a fantasy of returning to a, a normality or of returning to a before. And I think whether or not you were conscious of this, I think collectively we were all like, well, hopefully this will be done and we can go back to how we were. 2022 is like, no, there's a lot of newness. And the opportunity here is to get really solid on what you're bringing into the new world what you are really going to bring in for the long haul so it's the stakes feel higher to me this year on an energetic level in the sense that whatever habits you are practicing this year however you are performing self-care and care in relationship to others and how you relate to others there will be long lasting changes made this year um, decisions will be made that will have long life impacts, like long-term life impacts. And therefore, we have a lot of responsibility right now. And the areas in which we do have direct responsibility are, as I'm seeing with my clients, in our relationship to our physical boundaries, which is very much the primary energy of the year, and then how we acknowledge and honor our physical, emotional, psychic boundaries in relationship to other people and sometimes that involves letting people go, letting relationships go, letting relationships massively transform and choosing, choosing health, simplicity, and um, a regulated nervous system, a peace of mind. We're going to have a guest on this month coming up. I'm really excited to speak with her because she does a lot of work around the vagus nerve and a lot of work around a regulated nervous system and more like kind of deeper psychological ideas around that and and really like somatics meets psychology it's so important and this is so much about what i'm speaking to how do we go into the next 18 months developing behaviors that allow us to have peace in our body and peace in our mind so this is a lot about health really it's about a regulated nervous system when we are dysregulated when we have a dysregulated nervous system we are in a fight or flight or fawn mode 
And we're not making decisions in our own solidity. We're not making decisions in our own centeredness. We are often making decisions based out of fear, which, again, gets really exacerbated by the mind. The mind creates stories around it. It creates complications. It creates wormholes where there's, like, infinite possibilities of, like, destruction and chaos, right? And then we maybe lie to, like, help us get out of the fear, right? Etc. So when we are advocating and working towards peace in the body and peace in the mind, a regulated nervous system, we're actually really like taking care of ourselves and also taking care of everybody else in our lives, even if we have to be kind and not nice. Okay, so this is a big part of the year, 2022, a big piece of wisdom that I'm seeing with a lot of my clients is being kind, not nice. And I mean this first and foremost with ourselves. Okay, this is the hard work. It's actually like the hardest work is being kind and not nice to yourself being nice to yourself is saying oh you know what i can just like keep doing this behavior like no worries nobody knows i'm really doing it or if nobody knows i'm really doing it or if somebody knows i'm really doing it it's not that bad you know like i can i can manage my life with this i can make room in my life for this and a lot of what i'm talking about really does boil down to addiction and i don't just mean you know the word addiction has such a heavy connotation it is so deeply intertwined with specifically substances, right? Alcohol and drugs. And there's this like taboo quality to how we even like categorize or come to know what an addict is and the verbiage around that. And I'm talking about that, but I'm also really talking about a very deep, expansive definition of addiction, a subtle, a granular, like really nuanced definition of addiction. And that idea of addiction is like, you can have really addictive behavior in relationship to other people. You can have like very nuanced micro uh, forms of addiction, right? Where you're creating cycles of chaos or co-creating cycles of chaos with another human being. Now, this kind of work, obviously, to get into the de- the, depth, the depths of it, it's not just going to be like one astrological sen- session, although sometimes those can be really powerful. It's a lot of work. It's daily work. It's like daily check-ins with yourself of like, How did that go? Have I done that before? Why am I constantly in this cycle, right? This kind of self-evaluation is very, very important this year. And then thinking about simplifying. So instead of choosing something that feels like, oh, I'm going to go back in and be reactive and, and indulge in the chaos, indulge in the emotionality, indulge in what I call the telenovela of our lives, instead, slow down and simplify. Now, for the astrological people out there who really love the astrology, I'm specifically talking about the archetype of Taurus. And I'm not going to go too deep into that because I want to keep this really accessible. But I want y'all to think about how simple a bull is in the field. You know, they really just like are there. They eat the grass. They're actually quite peaceful. You think about Ferdinand the bull. This is very much Ferdinand the bull energy peaceful like they and then when they're angry it's like very very scary okay right but they're not normally angry like they spend so little of their lives angry on the flip side you have the scorpion you have the opposite of taurus which is scorpio this is the releasing energy of the year and scorpio is so much scorpions are always armed they're always barbed right they always have that stinger and they will sting anything that comes into their way that they don't understand now this is the energy we are releasing this year We are really here to develop peace. And a really amazing way to develop peace is to slow down like a bull. To slow down. Slow down in your communication with others. 
slowdown in your reactivity. So the moment you start to feel like your nervous system is getting lit up and you want to react, you want to like go into the chaos and make things more complicated, slow it down. This is really hard work to do if your ego is really loud. If your internal voice is like, I got to be right, I got to protect myself, blah, 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 blah. So, you know, support is really important here. I'm a huge advocate of finding support either through a therapist or through just friends, close friends, and really being honest and being held accountable and understanding where your ego is coming from, where the pain of your ego is coming from, what what you are trying to protect yourself from, right? Which is often historical. The historical is, is hysterical. So where we are most, most reactive, it's usually something that we experienced in the past coming back to haunt us in the present. This is very typical. This is so much about 2022 this is what we gotta let go (laughs) we have to let go of of speeding through uncomfortable emotional processes so being really comfortable taking your time taking your time in every single conversation and interaction slowing things down to like a maddening pace and to like really like it's so uncomfortable for us in late capitalism because we're like i gotta go i gotta go to my next meeting like blah 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 i'm so busy i'm so important well, yeah, okay. Um, if we're in an 18-month cycle where the most important thing to do is actually create long-lasting new habits of simplification and peace building, right? If that is the 18-month goal for all of us, according to Rex, right, at the very least, then it might actually benefit you to take 18 months to slow down, to not oh, try to overachieve and bulldoze and... Uh, keep that reactive pace keep that frenetic pace that often results in a lot of emotional complications because you are trying to push through you're trying to speed up slowing down and pausing in moments of reactivity is so powerful taking the taking the ego for like a timeout you know i sometimes like when my ego gets really reactive i actually like treat my ego as a separate entity and like a five-year-old like a really irate five-year-old and i'm like okay all right, let's go on a walk or let's go over here and like, let's, let's have a conversation. Like what's going on? What's coming up? And like feeling through the emotion. So that's really, really powerful work to do this year. The shadow work that, that is, is so present is around the emotional addiction and around the obviously substance and physical addictions that we all deal with. These all stem from emotions that are repressed, emotions that are buried, emotions that are, you know, and parts of our body that are dealing and holding trauma. Now, the way to mitigate that is to find support, but also to slow down the process of feeling your emotions, right? Finding containers, safe places to feel those emotions. This is so important this year, you know? And I know everyone has different levels of access to support. And I really just generally, like, I'm always praying that everyone can find ways to find support and slow down their process, slow down the process of feeling, and get into the depth of it. This will set us up for another actually 18-year cycle. It's a really powerful cycle coming up. And again, because everything is solidifying in a powerful way this year, which is great if you're applying consciousness to your life, right? Like there's so much opportunity this year if you're applying consciousness and slowing down and finding peace in the body, in the physical body, and finding peace in your relationships. Now often, again, I want to reemphasize the idea of being kind and not nice. Being nice is being appeasing, is being like, oh, well, you know, I'm just going to make excuses. Being kind is being firm with a boundary. Now, again, uh, the the beauty of, of Taurian energy, of the Taurus energy, is boundaries. 
it's about boundaries. It's about saying, I'm not going to cross this line. I'm not going to cross this threshold. And, and, and you know what? I want to offer something that I think is very powerful. I don't want you to just hear my voice and be like, okay, you know what? I'm just going to do whatever he says. No, no, no. You've got, I'm giving you a timeline. This is the beauty of occult sciences is that everything's cyclical. So you understand that there's cycles. Things don't go on forever and ever and ever. They're always changing. Why don't you experiment for 18 months? Why don't you experiment with simplifying X number of areas of your life? If I was to give you personal advice from me, it would be simplifying your relationships and simplifying some part of your relationship to your physical body. So just giving a limit, giving one limit in that area and giving one limit in your area to relationships. I have set rules for myself. I don't just talk the talk. I walk the talk. So I did all this research, talked to all my clients and was like, okay, I'm making rules for myself and I'm experimenting with them in the next 18 months. And I'm inviting you to experiment with them over the next 18 months. And then 18 months from now, you can look back and be like, oh, okay, that worked. Or like, no, you know, I'm going to try something different. That's the beauty of the freedom of, you know, what I always am proposing is like experiment with it and find freedom with it. And if it doesn't work for you, adjust, you know, do what works for you and leave the rest. Okay. So that's the big, big, big part of this year is simplifying and then boundaries, right? And actually, you know, to synthesize it even further, having boundaries simplifies things. That's the truth of it. If you don't have boundaries with yourself and don't have boundaries with others, you end up with a mess. Always, always, always. Now, the word sustainability is huge in 2022. This is a year to question your habits, of course, to question your addictions, to release addictions this year, especially addictions related to food, sex, anything that has to do with the five senses. So like really, um, this is less about it, so much of this signature in 2022 is about the physical body and physical pleasure uh, in relation um, in uh, contrast to how mental um, and how cerebral the last couple years have been. So this is a lot about what are you doing with your body? You know, are you uh, like really paying attention to what you're doing with your hands? Uh, there's a really powerful um, wisdom in Jewish mysticism around washing your hands in the morning and saying a specific prayer uh, uh, using Aramaic or Hebrew. You say a specific prayer that basically says, I know that negative forces work through the hands and it is through your hands that sometimes negative forces will basically grab you. There's also an idea about it. It's not Jewish mysticism. It's the idea of a daemon and how daemons can work through us De like demon daemon. They can work through us and kind of grab us and take us for a ride. And all of a sudden we look back and go, why did I do that thing? But it is always through the hands usually. So be very mindful of what, of what you are doing what your actions are, developing consciousness about what am I actually doing in real time every day? And is it creating peace or is it creating chaos? You know, like, are your behaviors helping you and other people or are they creating chaos for you and other people? Starting really simply, to start really simply with this idea to make it really practical, it is really about like, what are your daily routines? But very specifically, what are you ingesting? What are you putting in your body? So I have ideas around food and how to simplify that for 2022. So it's a lot about simplifying your diet, eating more greens, um, eating eating food that is the colors. I always like to think of eating food that are the colors of the top uh, 
uh, five chakras. You've got greens for the heart chakra. You've got blue foods for the, the throat chakra. So powerful. So, so, so powerful to be eating blue foods this year in 2022 because Taurus rules the throat chakra. Throat chakra is about our ability to speak our boundaries and our ability to speak, um, which is going to be important. Boundaries I'll get to in a second because that has to do with addiction. Eating, um, yeah, eating foods full of antioxidants, full of all these minerals that we need. I also have been recommending to a lot of my clients to look at um, nervous system adaptogens, looking at herbs like ashwagandha, looking at herbs like maca powder, um, green and blue spirulina, amazing. I know that not everyone has access to these quality. These are very often expensive. Um, I mean, not they're not exponentially expensive, but can be expensive herbs. However, they help balance the nervous system. And because 2022 has a signature of incredible moments of acceleration, especially between the months of April and May and October and November, where there will be massive changes happening on a societal and individual level, it's good to have nervous system resets uh, or, or rather nervous system stabilizers. And the nervous system is so important to be aware of this year, your nervous system, your body, your body's response to stressors, to pleasure, to anxiety, correct? All these things. You have to be very mindful of your nervous system this year because we're basing new habits and new decision-making around a more regulated, a more simplified, peaceful nervous system, right? So doing things that help maintain that level of peace in the body. This is so like grandpa or grandma energy to me. I'm getting like really strong grandparent archetypal energy. So I just want you to feel that. Like we're actually like simplifying. We're It's actually cool to be a grandma or a grandpa or a grand person this year. Like be, get into your old soul self. Each one of us is so infinite. Again, made out of stars. Taking things slow, like in every aspect of your life and channeling that inner grandma, grandpa, grandparent, that is, that's the medicine right now. That is it. I love it. And you know what? Back to the topic of poop. Your poop can tell you a lot about your physical health. So this is a year to get really on top of that. Now, one other thing that I think is very important, or perhaps two, there are two things really. They're talking to each other very much that the vibe check of 2022 has indicated to me is limitation slash boundary and addiction. Now, I want to talk about intentional behavior versus compulsive behavior. There's a lot of opportunity in 2022 with the energies present in the sky and the energies present just within the technologies that I study that have made themselves very clear to me. And they all focus on limitation slash boundary and addiction. Now, what I love about the I Ching, the I Ching has uh, the I Ching is the Chinese Book of Changes. It is a profound source of wisdom for, um, it was a, a Confucian era um, download, basically. And it has very interesting ties with the human design system and the 64 codons in the human genome. It has 64 hexagrams. I'm not going to go into the depth of the I Ching right now, but it is a masterpiece and it is a incredible tool that is actually quite accessible. If you have three pennies and know how to throw three pennies and, and do the little count, you can actually throw a hexagram and ask the wisdom of the Book of Changes. It's a very powerful technology that I have used for um, a decade now. 
The I Ching talked about the, the big formatting energy was the 60th hexagram, which is limitation. And limitation is about the freedom that comes with boundaries. And this sounds paradoxical, but I talk to a lot of my clients about this. When you have, when you set a limit in your life, you're saying, you know what, I'm not going to go past this line. I'm not going to cross this line. And it can seem confining, and it is. And yet, there can be a profound freedom in the confinement. I'll, I'm going to use an allegory here or, or, uh, to tell a story really quick. When I worked in a ceramics lab as a tech in upstate New York a couple, you know, five, six years ago, I uh, worked with a woman, an older woman from Brooklyn, and uh, she was a tough, she was tough shit. Like, she just really did not, you did not mess with her. Uh, she had her moments of kindness, but for the most part was very Saturnian in nature, very authoritarian, and I loved it because she was about half my size. But I was totally like, I'm not getting in her way. And <laughs> one day she was telling me about her grandkids, and she was telling me about how she was really disciplinary. She was a disciplinarian with her grandkids, which I kind of kind of shocked me. I mean, not so much because I knew her character, but I was like, wow, even her grandkids, like most grandparents kind of just spoil the hell out of their grandkids and don't kind of go on from there. But she was really, really disciplinarian with them. I asked her point blank, you know, why? They're not your kids, you know? And she looked at me and she was like, very seriously, she looked at me, she goes, you know what, Marvel? Kids love boundaries, okay? They love boundaries. They may cry and scream for a little while, but the moment they know they have a consistent boundary, they love it. They thrive. And she said it and then just like moved on with her day, right? She had to go. She, she's always busy. She's got stuff to do. And I re it really, it stuck with me. I'm sharing this with you now, you know, five, six years later. It really stuck with me because she was so clear about, about it. She was so clear about the, the wisdom of it. And I had to think about it for a while as someone who I felt as a child, uh, not necessarily in my home, but in the external world in Salt Lake City, I always felt so confined, too confined. I felt like I was, you know, being asphyxiated by the amount of boundaries that I had in terms of my self-expression. But what I understand now and what the magic of 2022 offers us is that the more you simplify which is setting a limit. Simplifying is saying, I'm not actually going to have all the things right now. I'm not actually going to have all the fuckboys. I'm not actually going to have all the sugar. I'm not actually going to have all the emotional chaos that comes with superfluous shit. Instead, I'm going to set a limit and say, this is it, and then I'm not going to pass that. And in that, you discover in a limit or a container, you can discover so much power in stability, consistency, and lack of chaos. The reason children thrive with boundaries is that it actually regulates their nervous system to know that there is a consistent routine happening with the adults in their life. Now, Another big thing about 2022 is reparenting. We are, we are in an energy signature of reparenting ourselves. And reparenting involves exactly what Harriet mentioned, what my friend mentioned in, in upstate New York, boundaries. And so when you're reparenting yourself, you're setting boundaries for yourself and you're not reneging on them. What that does is it regulates your nervous system. 
And when your nervous system is regulated, what do I mean by that? It means that you're not having massive anxiety, massive shifts up and down throughout the day. You're not having fight, flight, or fawn uh, responses. You are in a flow state. You're cruising. You can even see things that are disturbing or disconcerting and go, I see that, I witness that, and it's also not going to spiral me out. So that is when a child has a consistent um, structure and routine and boundaries from that are placed by the parent, their nervous system is far more regulated. Now, most of us, to some degree or another, had parents that were either present or absent, um, could have been present at some moments and absent at others, whether emotionally or physically, uh, perhaps had parents who had addiction issues, which would create a very, very unstable sense of boundary. And when I say addiction, I don't just mean substances, which is very clear, very obvious to most of us, but I also mean emotional addictions. So if your parent had has PTSD from their own childhood or has um, any so form of you know DSM diagnosed disorder, bipolar, borderline, etc., that is... Uh, a cycle that is also very challenging and very disruptive of the nervous system for a child. And it's really like a cycle that gets caught, right? It, it I wouldn't necessarily characterize borderline as an addiction. That's a very different thing. But there is the very similar result that happens there. I'm just trying to expand the idea that it's not just substances. This is also like emotional behaviors that we learn that are hereditary that affect us for the rest of our life as we learn to reparent ourselves. And so it's safe to say, looking into the world, looking at every single intimate relationship you have, including the one with yourself, that your needs were not met consistently in some area or another. So every human being you're interacting with, you need to understand and try to keep in your place in your consciousness. This person has a, a history, has like a history of specific areas where their needs were not consistently met. And it's not that is not to turn into a place of like, oh my God, humans are so fucked. Everyone's a victim. No. It's like, how do you develop compassion around that? How do you develop compassion for yourself? A reflection of the inner is a reflection of the outer. So the more compassionate you are with the places where your needs weren't met, the more compassionate you can be with other people. And the sort of trauma and the hysterics that develop and the behaviors and the addictions that develop when needs are not consistently met. What that does is that it it sends us into adulthood with an addiction to states of dysregulation, to states of anxiety, addiction to stress, addiction to um, dopamine rush, to addiction to sexuality, addiction to substances, addiction to um, really problematic emotional reactions with people or interactions with people rather that feel cyclic, like you're caught in an emotional loop with somebody that feels like it's going on forever. Now, the beauty of what the study I've done for 2022 and the energy signature for 2022 is, is that we have the opportunity to set very strong boundaries this year and simplify our lives, not say, not take on too much, limit ourselves to what we say yes to, but be very clear on whatever we are saying yes to nourishes us. This is about nourishing. It is about letting go of excessive emotional or psychological or even um, sensual pleasures, letting go of, of superfluous pleasures, and just setting your sights on a few that you know are long-term and sustainable for your physical body, for a regulated nervous system, and also for your mental health. 
This is so much about choosing your mental health this year and choosing your physical health this year. It's about releasing um, really toxic uh, emotional and addictive cycles with others. So this year has a selfish tone to it in a positive way. What I mean by a positive uh, form of selfishness is choosing your mental health and choosing your physical health over the um, superfluous or chaos-inducing relationships that you probably have been addicted to for a long time now. This often will involve taking breaks from people we've been close to. So a lot of my clients uh, have been telling me about either breakups or friend breakups or really chaotic downward spiral spirals with uh, break communication breakdowns with parents, communication breakdowns with people that they are intimate with. So it's just important to know that that's part of the energy signature of this year all the way through May of 2023. If we know that, if we know that we are here to release uh, toxic emotional patterning and addictions and that those the releasing of those addictions and toxic emotional patterns will actually solidify the next stage of our future, if we know that we have the power this year and the support from the universe to solidify good habits and release old habits, then we should do it. Parts of it just are really hard. Uh, it, it involves like humbly and profoundly looking at yourself and being like, oh my God, I've been doing that for 20 years. I know it's not good for me. And I've been rationalizing why it's not good for me for 20 years. And on a deeper level, this cycle is actually nine and a half years, nine, nine and a half years long. So, you know, I'm saying 20 years as I'm emphasizing a point, but I really mean nine, nine and a half years. So think back to where you were in 2013 and 2014 and how much you've changed since then. What was going on around that time? What was the, what were the big life themes that came up for you? These are up for review again in 2022 in a much different way. Okay. So to use myself as an example, I when this happens in a part of my chart that has to do with deep romance and coming together with a partner. So nine and a half years ago, it was about merging with others and even entering, you know, potentially addictive cycles with others or with yourself. And now nine and a half years later, I'm in an entirely different partnership where I'm actually choosing boundaries within the partnership. I'm not merging in the same way, in the same kind of codependent way. So it's really powerful when you look at it in the cycles and understand the cycles. And I can walk you through exactly where this is in your chart from an astrological perspective. We can look at the energy um, of your human design body graph as well with this and just look at what are the ways to simplify your body from a health systems format. Like what can we do to like keep the nervous system more regulated? But again, just thinking about this nine and a half year cycle, 2013, 2014, and how you are elevating from there and how you are choosing yourself this time. And I don't mean, I really am trying not to drill down the idea of being staunch or like being like shutting down from other people because we've spent two and a half years isolated in a lot of ways. And that has been very painful for like an extrovert like me. And for a lot of us has just been deeply painful to our spirit. And I'm not saying to come out into 2022 and just be like, I'm, I, I got it all figured out. Don't, don't, you know. The, the sort of um, adverse side of, of being too boundaries too boundaried is that you isolate yourself. So that's what I mean by kindness. I don't mean being like cold and walled off, which is the shadow side of Capricorn. And, off, and often the shadow side of Taurus is being walled off and being too stubborn and not hearing the other person. It's about finding a balance, but really choosing, taking time away in meditation, in your spiritual practice, 
to simplify your interiority and have really strong, strong dialogue with your desire body. What do you need? What does your body need? And are the relationships in your life reflecting that or not? And if they are not, you have to then start from scratch. You have to then let go of this codependence, this merging that likely solidified nine and a half years ago. And depending on you are, where you are in your age cycle, of course, you know, if someone, if a 16 year old is listening to this, it's a little different, um, but still relevant, I want to say. Um, and so just keep in mind, again, that this cycle is returning. It is spherical. So what do I mean by that? I'm just like making up words here, but it is a spiral. It is spirilical. I don't know. I, I want to say like cyclical, but the spiral version of cyclical. So it is a spiral. We're moving forward and upward. We're not just repeating. And that's very important to understand. We are choosing ourselves in this cycle between 2022 and 2023. We are choosing our boundaries. We are choosing how to cut things out that are just superfluous, that are enmeshed, that are um, manipulative, codependent, and um, wounded. And it's about cleaning out the wound this year. Cleaning out the wound, taking your time cleaning out your psychic wounds, your emotional wounds, just looking at them, being present with them, and not rushing the process. It's very, very tempting to rush the process when you are in pain. And I'm letting everyone know that since we just came out of you know, a year and a half long cycle of being in a dream out of a crisis. We had a crisis in 2020 and then in 2021, it was like the dream of returning. We are not at the dream of returning. We're actually at a very beautiful solidifying stage of like, there's a new world we're headed into. And this is the world that I'm intent on helping build. Um, one that it, we are all healed and all empowered. So join me for these next episodes coming up. We're going to have guests. I am so excited to bring folks in to the world of Rex. You can book a reading with me at my website at marvelarex.com, M-A-R-V-A-L-A-R-E-X.com. Hit me up. I want to hear from you. Uh, let me know what you thought about this podcast, this uh, premiere episode. It was so exciting to be here. And um, I love each and every one of you. I want you to know that deeply, profoundly. I love humans. Do not hesitate to start a dialogue with me. And if you want to be on this podcast, hit me up. I would love to chat with you and um, hear more about you and learn more about you. Good luck this year. It's a big year. Remember, solid. S-O-L-I-D. Super, super solid. You guys got this. I am Marvel A. Rex, and I will see you next week. Bye.